Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Hello and welcome to another episode of Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, the comedy trivia show of answering questions and questioning answers. I'm your host, Spencer Hamilton, and I'll be awarding points to our two teams based on how well they know trivia and how good they are at lying. In Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, an incorrect answer is worth just as many points as a correct one. At least, as long as our players can trick the other team into believing it. Now, let's meet tonight's panel. Uh, and let's meet our individual players, starting on the far end. I'm Terrence Lamont Jr. Okay, thank you, Terrence. I'm Johnny O'Mara Jr. Nice. nice. Hey. Don't screw this up. I am Peter Williams, the first of his name. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Thank you. All right, and uh, the team to my right took a long time to come up with a team name, but I, I think they got it, so <laughs> go, go, go ahead and lay it on me. What's the team name? Our name is No Malone 2, Lost in Gnome York. Okay. <laughs> took him that long to come up with that. All right, let's meet our... Uh, <laughs> Let's meet our players starting on the uh, the far end, if you would. Uh, this is Justin Swenson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Elizabeth Del Toro. Mm-hmm. And I am Nick Lathan. Now, Nick, I'm happy that you're on the show tonight because I, I believe you have an announcement for, for, for the audience. Yeah, I brought something for the audience to win. Oh. You can win something. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how do we want to do this? Do we want to, do we want to pick some people from the audience and, and they will be the... Uh, the representatives of the teams and whoever, whichever team wins tonight, that audience member will get that prize. Is that you, you got it, bud. It's your show. All right, so why don't we get some... <laughs> uh, who, who wants to win some prizes tonight? Hey, raise, raise your hands. Okay, oh. I see one. Okay, boom. Ah, I can't table? Do you know each other? That was the wrong answer if you wanted more prizes. No. All right, so I, I saw... A, okay, so this is what we're going to do. Uh, you're the first person to raise your hand. Uh, and what's your name? Chris. Hello, Chris. Pick a team right now that you like. You can see the, the team on my left is uh, Spencer, your girlfriend, Wolf. The team uh, over here is No Malone 2, Lost in Gnome York. I'm going to need you to say the full name. I have to go with the team that brought the prize. Oh, sure interesting. No Malone 2, Lost in Gnome York. Okay. And then uh, over here, the hand was attached to a name that is Ben. All right, Ben. You have the unfortunate task of representing Spencer, your girlfriend, Wolf. So let's see what happens. I believe we're going to keep this, the prizes secret for now, and yes. maybe we'll reveal them later. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, then let's begin the show, uh, starting with uh, Spencer, your girlfriend. Woof. Woof. During filming of Home Alone, after nailing a scene, Chris Columbus would let the actors add lib reactions and a few bits during subsequent takes, especially Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci. Mr. Pesci had some of the cast and crew's favorite impromptu in-character outbursts, but most of them had to be abandoned on the cutting room floor. Frustrated he couldn't use some of Pesci's best moments, Columbus quickly identified the issue and offered a shockingly simple solution. Why were so many of Joe Pesci's ad-libs cut from the film, and how did Chris Columbus fix the problem for later takes? All right, why did so many of Joe Pesci's ad-libs get cut, and what was the solution? Uh, so, so many of his ad-libs got cut because he was cursing too much, uh, and the solution was that they just replaced it with more cartoony-esque uh, swear words. Okay. Uh, so, like, dagnabbit sort of things. Gotcha, you know? gotcha. 
Okay, do we have any questions uh, for this team? Uh, I'm sorry, I don't really understand why uh, Hollywood would censor curse words. (laughs) 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 Just walk me through that thought process for a second. And how do they do it from pre to post-production? How do they do this? Get rid of everything. Um... I'll take this. Yes, please, please, please. My favorite uh, replacement of bad words in a movie for TV. I'm not answering your question. Thank That's you. fine. I, uh, I prefer your answer. I'll give mine immediately after you say and yours. And I'll give one as well if it's not already taken. It, it comes from the Big Lebowski. Yep. Okay. And uh, uh, John Goodman, I believe, is uh, bashing someone's car, and he, in the real movie, is saying, "This is what you get when you fuck a stranger in the ass." Oh, right. And on TV, if you watch this film, he says, "This is what you get when you find a stranger in the Alps," which means nothing. It means nothing. <laughs> and the way that they do this is the audio engineers will go through the movie and literally like pull. Syllables. No way, like Mission Impossible 3? And like create. <laughs> Just me? Okay. Create the dialogue. What's the subtitle of that movie? Mission Impossible 3, um, the new batch. You know, <laughs> I think it's just that. The, the first Mission Impossible movie I watched uh-huh. was the most recent one. That's the only one I've ever seen. Gnome Protocol. And what Sorry, was it Gnome Protocol? No. <laughs> Thank you. Christ. And before, I was talking with a friend, and before we saw it, he said, Just so you know, masks play a really big role. <laughs> In Mission Impossible, and I was like, okay, yeah, real funny. And wouldn't you know it? They sure do, don't they? <laughs> yeah. They, a lot of mask work in the Mission Impossible movies. Nick, did you also have a, a favorite um, redubbing of a movie? Yes, I do. It <laughs> is in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Oh. You know the titular line is Yippie Kaye. Mother Effer. Yeah. Sure. Uh, it's, not, it's not John McClane, though. It is Samuel L. Jackson. They're talking about uh, Hans Gruber. Spoiler alert, and Simon Gruber, his brother, is just like, you know, accusing Sam Jackson of knowing him. And Sam Jackson in the edit says, I never knew that melon farmer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of Sam Jackson, my favorite uh, redubbing of a a movie is Snakes on a Plane. Yep, yep. yes. Which everyone everyone knows the the line that he's famous for is like, I'm tired of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. In the TV, uh, I believe it's, uh, I'm tired of these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. Yep, it is. (laughs) Let's open some freaking windows. <laughs> well, anyway, I think we've gone off topic uh, enough. Uh, do we agree with their answer that uh, Joe Pesci has cussed too much and then they replaced it with fake cuss words? Um, yeah. yeah. Okay, fair Simple enough. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes. Why would you argue? And you're right. That's exactly that's, yeah, that's what happened. He kept, he kept dropping up bombs. Nice. Yeah, that's right. Um, very good. So we'll, we'll distribute some points um, however I see fit. All right. No, <laughs> let me get a little bit more. I'll, okay, I'll give Nick's team a little bit more Thank because you. he asked. Wait, uh, that's fair. But yeah. Terrence? Uh, my sweater has multiple colors. Can I get an extra point? G- give him my points. Okay, that's very... Thank very you. I'll, I'll, you know what? I'm going to give you Nick's points, but because Nick was so nice, I'm going to give you some more points, Nick. Thank you. There okay, is. so No Alone 2 lost in New York. talking. In No Alone 2, Kevin is lost in New York. But he has his dad's Where? wallet. I'm sorry, what is it? Did I say... What did I say? You said New York. Oh, I've never heard of that place. Where's, He's where's lost in Gnome York. Thank you. Thank you. But luckily, he has his dad's wallet, so you know what that means. Shopping spree. So first stop, Duncan's Toy Chest. Inspired by the real toy store, FAO Shores, Duncan's Toy Chest is every child's dream. You can play with all the toys, learn a valuable lesson about donating money, and receive a gift from the owner. Because of licensing, because of licensing issues, Macaulay and the rest could not film in the real FAO Shores, so they created one. Where is Duncan's cho- toy chest located? I want to grow up by Toys R Us kid. They got a million toys at Toys R Us that I can play with. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. They got the best for so much 
bikes, you'll really flip your lid. Gee whiz. Alright, number one, two. Where is Duncan's toy chest located? Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Philly. Okay. Any specific location in Pen- just a studio, a soundstage, or some other What about Google Maps? I don't know. What about ways? <laughs> um, I don't have any bits about this, but I do have a concern. Um <laughs> okay. I think my uh, composting company subtweeted me on Instagram today. <laughs> So you think your composting company specifically singled you out? So they posted uh, a reminder, because they do pickups on Thursdays, or at least my pickups are on Thursdays, and they posted like, hey, just a reminder, if you forget to leave your bin out, it's okay, because we'll leave another one, but you have to leave both of the full bins out tomorrow. And I had a very long, complicated text exchange trying to figure that out last pickup, and I saw that posted tonight, the night before my compost was going to get picked up, and I thought... I'm being targeted. Well, you are absolutely being targeted. Yeah. That's amazing. How many, how many customers does your composting it's like, company It's a small company. I okay. think it's... It's you and your boyfriend, right? That's it? No. <laughs> no, no, it's good. Oh, shoot. Now I can't remember the name of it. They have green bins. That's useless. Uh, so the green waste bin management. Is it waste not compost? No. It's I want to say it's okay. like Green City or something. Mm. It's, I feel like the word That's the green soccer team it. I support. <laughs> That's nothing. Green City FC? A green City oh, yeah. FC, yeah. The, the fighting <laughs> greenies. You're a real yep. fookin' lad. Uh, yeah, I am. But you're, you're the only person on the stage that actually watches soccer, I believe. Yeah, yeah, dude. Um, Can me I one... get some points for that? Sure, why not? Oh, yeah. Nice. I watch soccer. Oh, you do? Oh, I'll give you some points, too. Wow, this <laughs> is a point to begin. Is that true? It is true. What was your position? I, I don't know. I was like four. Correct answer. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hi, I was once forced to watch the World Cup. Can I get some points? <laughs> sure. This Thank is you. I compost. I know all the words to Shakira's waka waka uh, Super, uh, the football. Samina, uh, mina, eh, eh, waka, waka. Can he do you know all, the words? I, I know all the words. It sounds like you don't. I, listen, okay, when it comes to Shakira, I, I know all the words. Okay. Give right. him my points. Thank <laughs> you. Look at that. This is this point, the point. The leads are going back and forth. Fast and the Furious. Spencer. Tokyo Drift. Huh? I think you should have some points. Wow, thank you. How many should I have? I don't know. 45. 45? Wow, yeah, I'm right. winning this game right now. That's right. I think well, Rich I mean, should hey. have some points. Who should have points? Rich. Rich in the booth? Yep. How many points? Uh, 50. 50. Yeah, <laughs> Damn you, Rich. Exactly. Thank you for the points. Okay, this Rich, is... who are you playing for in the audience? Uh, in the audience? Oh, can we get a third audience member that wants to win prizes tonight? <laughs> okay, this time we'll give you your, your chance <laughs> this time. Good. The person that's we'll with uh, Chris, I believe. What's your name? Erica, if Erica. Rich wins tonight, then you will win the prizes. Okay. Erica, nice. we're taking it home. This, nice. We are in the second question of 10, so. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, anything we'll can and will happen. Okay, let's, we have to move on. We, we do have to be out of here before 11 p.m., uh, <laughs> at least. All right, so their answer was uh, Philadelphia, I believe. Do we That's agree cool. with their answer, or do we think they're lying? I think they just weren't specific enough. Oh, interesting. So you think it is Philly? Uh, well, no, not necessarily. Okay. I just think I think it, it's a more. Uh, I think you were looking for a more specific okay. location. Hit me with what you think the answer is. Uh, uh, rack room shoes. Yes, <laughs> that is very specific. Yeah. You're right. A rack room shoes. Which one? Oh, I'm not. I don't know. Well, I mean, I assume one in Philadelphia. <laughs> okay. Uh, so no, it was actually in Chicago. Get out! There are two locations. That, yeah, so we had the exterior and the interior. Gnome Cago? Wait, is this the Duncan like <laughs> like yes, Gnome Cago? Gnome. Come on, Okay, sorry, Terrence. What was that? Is this Duncan like the yo-yo? Uh, I don't like, believe it's a that toy chest. Own a toy chest? I don't. I think it's so. a fake toy company. It is a fake. It is a fake toy company. No, guys, I don't yeah. think you understand. Duncan is not fake. Okay. Um, <laughs> 
Yes, right. we know. America runs on Duncan. Thank yep. you. Okay, America walks a dog on Duncan. We'll, we'll keep workshopping these Duncan jokes. Yeah, thank you so very much. Uh, but in the meantime, do we have any guesses where the exterior was filmed? Three, two, one. Nope. The, okay. the lake, the lake, the lake. Macy's. <laughs> it's not filmed on the lake. Macy's is cool. So was, uh, the exterior is the rookery building downtown on the loop. Uh, and the interior, anybody? The lake. Macy's. The, the lake, that's American right. The interior of Duncan's toy chest was the lake. Uh, if, you watch, if you watch closely, you notice there's actually no um, toys whatsoever. It's just water. Did they have like a steampunk style? I'm, this is what I'm picturing. Like a steampunk style, like a uh, uh, bathysphere, like in Bioshock that goes underwater. That's where they filmed it, right? <laughs> yeah, right. It was filmed entirely inside uh, Jules Verne's creation in 1890. <laughs> no, the interior was actually uh, the interior of the Uptown Theater, which is uh, going to be really right out of here. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's so close now. It's, it is, it's close currently, it's but... It's so close. It's very, very, very close. There's very a pretty close. dope arcade over there that has the Terminator game and also has the Aerosmith uh, first-person shooter game. Oh, no, shoot CDs? Yes. That game yeah. rules. Yeah. What is it called? I don't even know. Uh, I think it's, it's called the Rock and Roller Coaster. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> okay, this is the next question is for Spencer, your girlfriend. Woof. Woof. Uh, I'm sure you'll all be thrilled to know that the Star Wars franchise isn't the only beloved movie series uh, getting a spinoff on Disney+. Plus. What? Coming to Disney+, Plus soon, Home Alone... The reboot. Uh, P.S. Disney, if you're listening, we use a sponsor. Speaking of Disney Plus, Walt Disney's own Plus was his beloved wife Lillian, who was an animator on several cartoons. <laughs> Don't laugh at these questions. They continued to work together, and she advised in almost uh, on almost all of his films. Um, while there's no way to know the full scope of her contributions to the Disney Empire, she did offer one idea to Walt that very well may have changed the course of history. What idea? Did Lillian Disney give her husband that he credits as the most important decision of his career? What was this decision that Walt Disney's wife Lillian gave him that ended up being pretty important? 100%. So I'm believing, you know, when it comes to love, you have to have two to tango. So she helped create Minnie Mouse. Helped create Minnie Mouse, okay. Um, why? Why? Why, <laughs> why, why Minnie Mouse? Uh, well, you see, uh, Steamboat Willie just needed something to do after he got off the boat. I don't know. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's so your argument Walt, for Walt was in the for Navy, love. and then of course he made Steamboat Willie. And you know, when you get shore leave, you gotta find a, a dame back in the 30s. Mickey so. couldn't just have other friends. Well, at the time, because Mickey wasn't first; it was Oswald, right? The who duck rabbit. my rabbit. He was a rabbit. He was a rabbit, right? And then you had like Mortimer, and then that's what Mickey became. And then Mortimer was a mouse. So it was just it was too it was a lot of sausage going on, and we but, needed to get the sausage out of here. But Minnie, Minnie was the start of the 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 MCU. There you go. Oh the God. Mickey Cinematic <laughs> Universe, 100%. Without her, there would be no game. Real quick, Mortimer Mouse sounds like he smokes a pack a day. Just that name. 100%. A Mortimer Mouse. A Mortimer Mouse. Also, if you've ever seen depictions Mortimer of later Mortimer Mouse, he looks like he smokes multiple packs a day. <laughs> do, we, uh, do we agree? Is it Minnie Mouse that uh, Lillian came up with? No, no way. No. What do we think? Uh, well, as we all know, uh, this is real. Disney like warped America's copyright laws uh, because they wanted to extend uh, the um, cinematic universe. <laughs> yes, the legal rights to the cinematic universe uh, to hold on to the copyright for Mickey Mouse. Sure. Uh, so uh, we think that uh, Lily and Disney was like, "Hey, you're thinking too wholesome here. What if um, you started 
trying to control intellectual property long after death. That's generational wealth, baby. I see. So she was the puppet master. Yeah. Yes. Uh, no, and it's funny that we mentioned Mortimer because Mortimer uh, was the answer. She actually renamed Mortimer Mouse oh, to Mickey Mouse. To Mickey Mouse. Oh. That's right. Interesting. Yeah, she said she preferred something more snappy and upbeat. So, uh, that, oh, that was, was the whole thing? She's right. That was it. Yeah, yeah, she, she probably said he's, Mortimer Mouse sounds like he smokes a pack of things. <laughs> yeah, she did. That was, she was quoted as yeah. saying that. Yeah. Wouldn't it be wild if Mickey Mouse just became public domain? Well, it was, oh, it was supposed to a long time to. ago. Yeah, 100%. And, I guess it should have. Yeah. It's um, the, the extension of the like copyright freeze just expired at the very beginning of it, but it hasn't hit Mickey Mouse yet. And I'm mm. sure that there are plenty of Well, they've pushed it back. So it was, was originally like seventy years, and then right. got pushed to ninety years, and and then it's the life forever. of it's the life of the artist. And then when it comes to Disney, isn't it like the the company? It's like at that point, it's like the company's right on top of it too. Well, Copyright this sounds like real trivia. I don't care to know it. Okay, well there you go. That's <laughs> Mortimer. Another so the end of capitalism is when. Uh, oh, that's when, 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 when Mickey right. becomes public domain. All right, number one to Lost in Gnome York. <laughs> <laughs> Gnome Alone was a very special movie during the childhood of Connor Doyle, one of our <laughs> writers here on the show. Boo. Because boo to Connor Doyle, uh, because his dad's name is Kevin. And wow. if you've seen the last um, 10 seconds of Home Alone 2, uh, you'll know that at the end of the movie, they, uh, his dad, God, this is so stupid. Connor wrote this question. I hate Connor. Yeah, boo. <laughs> Skip Let's, it. Give us points. The, the point, yeah, I'll give you some points for that. The, the point is uh, room service. Okay. <laughs> uh, so <sighs> there's a hotel. Connor's dad, Kevin, loves room service. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, anyway, there's, let's talk about uh, room service in hotels. There's a uh, hotel, uh, probably somewhere in France, uh, called the Hotel La Tuani in St. Bart's. The St. Bart's, um, oh, wait, that's a country, isn't it, St. Bart's? Yes, it is. Uh, sure. I think it's an island. Is it, can an island not be a country? No, I'm just saying I think that it is not in Europe. Hmm. Some islands can also be continents. Australia. Shout out to our Australian listeners. <laughs> what makes the room service pasta from the Hotel La Tuani so decadent? Oh, I want a feast. You ate before you came to the factory. I want a bean feast. Oh, one of those. Cream buns and donuts and fruitcake with no nuts. So good you could go nuts. You're going to have all those things when you get home. No, now. I want a ball. I want a party. All right, number one, two. What makes the room service pasta from this hotel so decadent? No answer. Okay, they Spencer, forfeit. what's the last thing you ate? Uh, chicken fingers. What What would you... You could have asked me that question at any point in my life, and that would have been the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're just flabbergasted by the question. It was very, yeah. very complicated. It was, it was uh, very complicated, but you know what? Connor Doyle does good work 95% of the time, so I'm going to give him this one mulligan. Can we take points from Connor? <laughs> oh, I have already done that. He has negative 10 points. Oh, no. Nice. Good. Yeah. Thank you. Good. Because uh, the thing is, um, there's a difference between like good food and fancy food, mm-hmm. um, as I'm sure you would defend with... Um, you're, I'm really stalling here, guys, if you want to jump in at yeah, any yeah, second. Yeah. Uh, Do you want me to define what the word decadent means? Yeah. Yes. Um, oh, thank God. Rich and uh, good. <laughs> no, I was trying to draw a distinction hey, Spencer, between Spencer, rich is good. Can he get some more points, Rich please? in the booth is good. <laughs> yeah. How many points should he get? Another uh, 50? Ten. Sounds good. I think oh, ten. ten. And okay. you should try my pasta. That's true. Rich, what's your nationality? 
Italian-American. Italian-American. Look at that. I give him 50 points. Also, I looked it up. St. Bart's is an island country. Wow. Rich, you are racking the points. Erica, this game is looking good for you. (laughs) Wow. All right. Let's... um... I thought of something. Um... (laughs) 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 Oh, it's not the answer, but um, the phrase... Nyomki. Nyomki. Okay. Like Nyomki, but... That's pretty funny. Nyomki is the answer. Nyomki. Do you agree? Is it the Nyomki? Wait, I have a... Do you mind if I go on a quick tangent? Not really. Tell a story about Connor. Tell a story about Connor. So Connor was my college roommate to the audience and the listeners. Has he always asked questions weird? Yes, he has. But we went to Cancun on a trip once, and he was like, oh, I took Spanish in high school, so I can I can order room service in Spanish. Okay. Uh, and he starts, he does an okay job, but he doesn't, of course, know the word room service sure. in Spanish. So he gets to the end of his, span- of his sentence, like, hey, like, I'm just calling to request, and he just has to go, room service, <laughs> and then cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, and he's still stuck in Cancun, right? He can't... Yeah, uh, he, they didn't let him leave. They didn't let that, him leave because so. the Spanish was so good. Yeah. All right, do we agree? Is it Nomki? Uh, no. Absolutely, no, absolutely not. not. It's Nomgeti. What? Nomgeti. Is it Nomgeti? Yes, 100%. That's right. Nomgeti is the answer. Uh, no, it is not. We, we think that there's, there's lobster in the pasta. I see. That's what makes it so decadent. Yeah. Uh, so actually, the bowl is hand-carved out of a wheel of Parmesan cheese at your bedside. Oh, oh damn. Wow. That is decadent. That, that is yeah, that's decadent. Right, because nothing says fine, dignified dining like spaghetti in bed. That's disgusting. <laughs> that's absolutely vile. It, it's pretty vile. Yeah. So they explain this process to me. They, they, a dude comes up and yep. does this by your bed. A, a chef rolls his French ass up to your bed, pulls out a wheel of Parmigiano, motherfucking Reggiano, carves a bowl out of it, and then fills it with spaghetti and Black truffles. Like, I'm trying to watch Goof Troop on Disney Plus, and this guy comes up as I'm watching Goof Troop, and he's going to do this for me. I just wanted to plug Disney Plus real quick. Yeah, thank you. We need a sponsor. <laughs> so when you you touch the bowl and your hands just get all cheesy? Yeah. If your hands are... rind on the wheel of the party. Are the utensils cheese? The utensils are cheese. The room is made out of cheese. Oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, try, yeah, don't be too warm, I guess, is the moral of that story. Spencer, your girlfriend. Woof. Woof. Chris Columbus <laughs> was never supposed to direct Home Alone. In fact, he was contracted to direct an entirely different movie, one that would also go on to be a holiday classic. But upon his first meeting with the cast and production team, he realized there was no way he could ever direct it. He asked John Hughes if there was another project he could take on instead. Now normally, backing out of a movie so late in the process would get someone blacklisted, but in this case, no one blamed Columbus. What movie was Chris Columbus supposed to direct instead of Home Alone, and what led him to back out with full support? Don't give up on us, baby. What was this movie that uh, Chris Columbus was supposed to direct, and why did he back out? Uh, it was supposed to be Ferris Bueller. Okay. Uh, and he backed out because he just had kids, and he wanted to make something that was a little more appropriate for them. Okay. What holiday is Ferris Bueller a movie for? Ferris Day. Ferris Day. Mm-hmm. Save Ferris Save Day. Ferris Save Day. Ferris Day. Right. Yeah. I know Ferris Bueller's the one where everybody lines up in the Art Institute at the front, but mm-hmm. what else happens? There's a there's a big parade in the movie, too. It's a German uh, parade? Yeah, yeah. Which, that parade is in, like, June or July. Well, I mean, you know, it's also, it's like the early shoot to, like, the Chris Crindle market. You know, Chris Kringle, uh, Chris Crinder, Chris, Chris Crinder. Chris Columbus wouldn't want to do that film, but he would want to teach his children how to booby trap a house and potentially kill people? 
Well, yeah, yes. you you because okay, that's keeping them safe. Ferris Bueller skips school, <laughs> and that's illegal. If you relook, Mecha- if you rewatch Home Alone, you'll see that it's more of like a playbook. It's like, yo, if you're ever a latchkey kid, no one else is at home. This is what you could do. You know what I mean? It's preventative of any like child endangerment. No lie, one time my house got broken into. I immediately thought, I should buy a bear trap. There you go. <laughs> a bear <laughs> trap. Seems like a drastic move. A bunch of them and put them at the, all the windows. Did <laughs> I just assume they would come in through the windows even though they'd broken our door? Anyway. <laughs> How old were you when you thought about buying all these bear traps? This was four years ago. Four years ago. <laughs> at an age where you could have feasibly bought bear traps, I guess. I could have. I looked it up on Amazon. How much does a bear trap cost on Amazon? I think well, I forget how much it was. I want to say it was in the $30 range. This is the kind oh. that would just hurt your foot, kind of. <laughs> I guess that's good. It's more of a deer trap than a bear trap. Oh, I see. Okay. Like this, this would screw up a deer's ankle, but not a bear's ankle. A bear would be like, what is this shit? <laughs> and he would burglar your home anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Do we uh, think and tell the truth? Was it Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Nah, no. absolutely not. What, what movie was it? It was National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and, and Chevy Chase was a dick. That's that was... literally the exact right answer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Very good. I'm going to give you a, a, a fair amount of points for, for getting that correct. All righty. Thank you. Let's, let's move on to uh, the question for No Malone 2, Austin Nome York. In preparation <laughs> for the movie, Chris Columbus auditioned hundreds of kids for the role of Kevin McAllister. After weeks of searching, it was clear Macaulay Culkin was, in fact, the best pick for the role. What made Macaulay Culkin Chris Columbus's top pick for the lead in Home Alone? Number one, two. What made Macaulay Culkin Chris Columbus's top pick for the role of Kevin? Well, it's funny because Macaulay Culkin was already in Uncle Buck, mm. so and they already knew he can act from there. Mm. And then the fact that he also has some siblings who are also in Home Alone made him a perfect fit. So basically, they were like, "We know the kid's good; he can bring his siblings. It's fine." Okay. Who were his siblings in Home Alone? Mary Kate, Ashley. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, there's Kiernan Culkin. Yeah, he was, he was Fuller. You know, go easy on that Pepsi, ah. Fuller. Yeah. Did you, I just watched Home Alone and Home Alone 2 recently. Pepsi's all over Home Alone 1, but Home Alone 2, the, it's Coca-Cola. That's because that's cr- the official soft drink of Christmas. Oh, uh, true. Okay, you're right. <laughs> they invented Santa. <laughs> and polar bears. And polar yes. bears, 100%. <laughs> um, uh, this isn't our reason, uh, um, but... <laughs> He's also got those like kind of watery eyes, so he can he can do like all the the terrible violence, and everybody's like, "Oh, the little boy is crying." So um, it's okay when a crying boy does violence. <laughs> it's because he doesn't cry. No, isn't, I mean, isn't no, that a it's Smith not. Song? It's there's like a. Ugh. It's a difference in the eyes. I auditioned it's, for the role. My eyes are tiny. I couldn't do it. You, so, you auditioned for the role? Yeah, yeah. So they cast everyone else in the movie, including <laughs> his brother, in like a bit role before they cast the main character of the yeah. movie. Yeah. When you cast stuff, That's you do bits first. Okay. You know how you're in the cast room. Like, this would be a good bit if we did this. Yeah. That's what they did. You know, like when you're in the casting room. Yeah. yeah. The casting couch and the casting room. And- Wouldn't it be great if we got a, a kid that kind of looks like McCullough Coke and they just gave him a shit ton of Pepsi <laughs> and made a bunch of wet in the bed jokes? Yeah. And that's where they started. Yeah. I see. That's where they started. Do we, do we agree with uh, any of these reasons? Uh, no. 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 What's the true answer? Macaulay Culkin was the only one who built a working trap. Oh, that's interesting. So they put a bunch of kids in a room and, and yeah. were like, 
here's some Lincoln Logs and some, yeah. you know. And this was the only one that worked. So it was like an Odyssey of the Mind type. <laughs> yeah. 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 Heavy Audition, my trap also did not work. Uh, what, kind of, what kind of trap was it? Uh, he dug a hole and then covered it up with like toys and stuff mm-hmm. and then Chris Tiger Columbus pitch. fell into it. So it was just a minor inconvenience. It wasn't really deadly. Oh, yeah. I mean, he still wanted the part. He didn't want to kill the director. <laughs> so he didn't put any sharpened stakes no, at the no, 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 He no. wasn't working on behalf of Chevy Chase? <laughs> uh, believe it or not, number one, two was uh, actually correct. It was because of... Uh, so basically, he was already cast in the part, and the role was written for him. And this was because of his work on uh, the, the movie Uncle Buck. So basically, uh, despite having already... Uh, so basically, the, the point is, this was... Um, uh, let's see. Did here. Connor write this question? <laughs> All these uh, pauses and uh, trails of thought that just wind off into nowhere, that's written here. I'm reading this verbatim. Nice. So basically, during filming of Uncle Buck with John Candy, uh, Culkin's performance inspired John Hughes to write a movie to showcase the young talent. Now, Columbus, however, was still trying to cement his reputation as a powerhouse director and didn't want to look like a pushover in front of the studio. So despite already having his lead cast, he held auditions, wasting the time and crushing the hopes of hundreds of aspiring child actors. Name them right now. Who are they? Me. Let's go with the list. Donna, Donna Blitz and Donna Cupid. Remember that from Jingle All the Way? Everybody. <laughs> Classic uh, holiday film. It's, it is a good one. I actually had a Turbo Man growing up. Really? It didn't do everything that it did in the movie. I had a booster. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's not true. Uh, Spencer, your girlfriend. Wolf. Macaulay Culkin is a weird dude, but also like kind of cool. Like, I feel like he's been subconscious. I'm, this is another Connor question, so nice. I'm just going to skip ahead to the actual question. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, uh, Can Connor get some points taken away. I'll, I'll take away some more points for Connor. Does anyone want to play for Connor real quick? Anyone want to lose the game for sure? A lot of hands. Okay, interesting. Uh, so um, let's see here. What's cooler uh, than being in a band? McCoy Culkin was in a band. Being in an ice band. Being in an ice band, yeah. What band was McCoy Culkin briefly a member of uh, during the last 10 years? the name of the band McCullough Culkin was in? Uh, the Smiths. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I see they have no rebuttal. Uh, uh, What's their number one song again? Yeah, who are they? Oh, I don't know. I, there's a, they're, I don't know. I mean, I know that they're a very popular, famous band, but I genuinely... Yeah, I made a joke about them like five minutes ago. What did Macaulay Culkin do in this band? He sang. Yep. Yeah. Uh, never mind. Yeah, write off like two or three songs of theirs. Oh, uh, uh, Appleseed Montgomery. Um, <laughs> so are uh, they kind of like a Dust Bowl <laughs> blues kind of band? What is well, this? for that for that song, sure. Well, yeah, they've got you know a shifting blues. style. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, what genre were these guys? You know, alt rock. Yeah, and he, an sorry, alternative what? can encompass. Did you say like old rock? Alt, alt. alt. Oh. So they're kind of like a. Um, they might be giants, where all their songs are kind of like a different style of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Of course. All right. Name some more of those songs. Oh, uh, um, I wanna parentheses wake up in the morning. Um, <laughs> that uh, sounds like an actual Smith song. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know what? I think it's not gonna get better than that. Um, do, do you think is it the Smiths? Is that where we're? No. At? No. Yeah, I think that's a fair exclamation. Well, then what is it? Pizza party, baby. 
That's the actual name, Pizza Party Baby. Baby is spelled B-A-Y-B-E. Pizza Pizza Party Baby. You know what? You're actually kind of close. It was the Pizza Underground. Darn it. What? I remember. They went on tour and they came to my college once and I was like, I'm not going to that, bro. (laughs) You made the right choice. The Pizza Underground. Did they do like Velvet Underground covers, but it's all pizza related? That's exactly what it was, Nick. Were they all dressed as like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I can't verify that, but let's say I think that that would be the best. It would be fun. They had a weird like Fun. festival run where they were just at the bottom of some lineups for like a year or two. It was weird. Oh man, it's very strange. If you put pizza underground, it would be dirty. <laughs> it would be food for the teenage mutant ninja turtles. Thank you. Okay, fair enough. Uh, it'd be more more like food for the street sharks. Jossum. Jossum. Totally Jossum. <laughs> Number one, two, Austin, New York. Daniel Stern has had one hell of a career. Look at that, mm-hmm. man. From 1990 to 1994, he was box office gold. Kirby's gold. Not only does he have a recognizable face, but a voice too. He spent years as a narrator on The Wonder Years and the short-lived animated Dilbert cartoon. And he would have had... Oh, forgot about that. Can't forget about Ooh, Dilbert. Baby. He would have had one more voiceover feather in his cap if not for demanding more money. What primetime cartoon character did Daniel Stern almost voice? I will try not to sing out of key. Yeah. Oh, baby, how What was the name of this cartoon character uh, that Daniel Stern almost voiced? I have something inflammatory to say. Okay. Uh, I don't like animation. Wow, that's inflammatory. Why? Um, Because I like acting, um, and mm, I think that my face is a big part of it. And and when I see animation, I think, (laughs) okay, some drawer decided that they could draw better than an actor could act. <laughs> and I take personal offense. Talk to him. That is inflammatory. It's a hot take on animation. That's a roll tick. Uh, can we talk about how great Jim Cummings is, voice actor? He does like Star Wars. He was, he was Darkwing Duck, uh-huh. Disney Plus. <laughs> Thank you very much. You still need a sponsor. <laughs> well, well, going off the Wasn't Disney he also Plus Piglet, thing? I believe? No, he's Winnie the Pooh. Oh, he was Winnie oh, the Pooh. Oh, it's another Disney the thing, the probably. Poo-verse. Not enough talk about Daniel Stern and Rookie of the Year, either. No one is talking about it. They should make an animated series of Rookie of the Year. Oh, I would watch what? that, though. I, well, so Elizabeth, actors have, you, have a craft. Have you, do, you, do you watch, like, Pixar films? No. No, none of them. I mean, I, like, will watch things when it's like, I can't escape this. I gotta know. What's she letting go of? But other than that... <laughs> Like, <laughs> did the snow bother her in fact I guess we have to watch, watch to find out I never got an answer from you what was the cartoon uh, uh, that Bruce Willis cartoon <laughs> Lil Bruno That's Lil it. Bruno <laughs> he, was, he was gonna be Bruto oh, of and, course. Then they, and, then, and then they were like wait a minute this was written for he was a, he was a crime fighter that used a harmonica for justice is that the yeah he was a spy he was a little spy kid yeah. Yeah. See, Lil Bruno uh-huh. the original boss baby Lil Bruno <laughs> <laughs> Was that the, the original Boss Baby, the original Spy Kid. The original Spy Kid, 100%. <laughs> the original Bruno. Islands of Dreams. By the way, uh, Bruce Willis has an album called The Return of Bruno, yep. and that's his first album, so what is Bruno returning from? It's like Return of the Mac, man. It's just a thing. Okay. Oh, wow. That's the best argument I've ever heard for the name of that album. I'll see I can, myself out. Thank I can you. Stop, stop writing my research paper now. Do, do we think what? it was the Bruce Willis character on the Bruce Willis <laughs> no, TV show? Which I'm not sure it existed. Absolutely not. I hope it does, but... No, no, Fox no. Kids. Fox Lil Kids. Bruno we over is. here, uh, we very much know that uh, he was supposed to be Homer Simpson from oh, the famous The Simpsons. Homer Simpson is much closer because it, it is a real person, a uh, real cartoon character, I should say. Uh, he was also oh! Dale Gribble. 
on King of the Hill. Go on, IMDb. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, we we thought that, but we're like, no, that's too on the nose. Too a good answer. Because the thing is, nobody is drawing moving things, right? When you draw something, it's still. You know, and I'm mad because I thought about it. I was like, I thought that makes sense, and then I was like, nah. Wait, Elizabeth, when you break it down, though, like one frame of film is a still. Yeah, I don't like movies either, but that's like, <laughs> that's something for another time. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Only the stage. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, li- listen, I'm trying to get cast in movies. Would love to do it, the subpar art, but. Yeah, you know, the subpar, subpar art. <laughs> we talking talkies or silent films no, you don't like? What do you mean silent film? No, I don't like either of them. I don't know. I want to know where I look. I want to look at what I want to look at. And so if somebody's last, having a conversation the and the cinematographer is like, let's do it this way. What is the last film I watched? I don't know. Wouldn't it be funny if for some reason we didn't have the technology to have talking stage plays originally? So like stage plays were silent first too. This makes, <laughs> makes no sense what you just said. <laughs> yeah, we didn't just, have the technology to use our voices. Just in real imagine, life. just imagine the world with me. What a terrifying yeah, what world that would be. Vocal cords. Yeah, but no, they, they were invented. But can Johnny lose ten points? Yeah, for I think Johnny has to lose ten points. Yeah. <laughs> and can those points go to Rich? They can't go to Rich. Yeah. Rich, you were pulling away with the uh, the lead here. I'm, right. I'm, I benefited off of the hits bong once deduction. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is the last say. question for Spencer, your girlfriend. Woof. Woof. In the Home Alone movies, one of the most memorable performances comes from Chicago actor Ralph Foodie, sure. who plays gangster Johnny in the fake film Angels with Filthy Souls. And the sequel? Angels with Filthier Souls? That's right, very good. Boston, New York. That's <laughs> point. Another you. famous Chicago foodie is Grant Oshots, founder and head chef of the three Michelin star restaurant Alinea. Now, he's considered a pioneer of molecular gastronomy and has employed some creative techniques in his kitchen to create food that floats in the air, vanishes into a cloud of smoke, or just explodes on the tablecloth. All right, I don't know. <laughs> That's correct. Uh, <laughs> it's he, you can take five points for that, I think. Yeah, I think you can. Uh, he's also employed some unique employees. In 2007, he hired two chefs as his assistants, but their duty wasn't cooking or creating dishes or even food prep. He claimed that he wouldn't have been able to run the restaurant without them, but a year later, they were both let go. So what job did Grant Oshots give to his two new hires in 2007, and why were they let go a year later? I love it. All right. These, uh, these two people that were hired in 2007, what were their jobs, and then why were they let go? They were, uh, like, wait staff, but they were dogs. Okay. They weren't people at all. Why were they let go? Because you can't have dogs in a restaurant. That, mm-hmm. That's true. There is, in fact, a thing in the rules <laughs> that says dogs can't be in restaurants. <laughs> yeah. That's the, the, um, the Ratatouille clause. That's, <laughs> no they animals. can play basketball, but they cannot be in a restaurant. Who took on the job of firing the dogs? Life. Are you Sorry? Say, what? Are you saying that these dogs died? Yeah. All, listen, all dogs go to hell. Are you saying no one feels bad cons- about this? Was there a conspiracy? Did someone take these dogs out? No. Oh my no. god. No, listen. they were just they were just like oh they were given a lovely severance package. Oh, okay. They cut their heads off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now we're talking. No, but they, you know they just listen. Um, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson said it best. Uh, Did he? Uh, yeah, he said it best. Oh, uh, the the universe has no obligation to owe you anything. 
So with wow. that being said, you know. That does sound like something that asshole we're an at at 100%. <laughs> we're an at-will state, you know, all of those types of things. These dogs just had to get the heck up out of here. <laughs> all right. Uh, Since they were dogs, were they paid or were they just roaming around this restaurant for a year? No, they were paid. That was part of, like, the thing of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, no, they're, they're employees. They had... They filled so, I-9s yeah. and they got, yeah. they, they got all their kibbles and bits. No, K-9s. Did they run their own food? I'll give you some points for K-9s. Thank That's you. Funny. Thank you. Nice. Did they what? Did they run their own food? Well, I don't know what that means. Like, it's, when, it's when you take the food out of people. Out. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. They were like, they were servers. So mm-hmm. what, what, what device was used? Um, like, a, like a harness. Then you just sit the... Like, the, when, like when your dog's a ring bearer at your wedding? Yeah. Your second wedding? 100%. <laughs> Uh, second through fifth. Second through fifth, yeah. yeah. Uh, do we agree? Were they dogs and they were murdered afterwards? Of course <laughs> That's not. what you said, right? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's just natural causes. No sure. What is uh, this, the Lost World Jurassic Park? No dogs died. I don't understand this. Uh, in the Lost World Jurassic Park, there's a scene in which a T-Rex is in a backyard and you see this dog and you think, that dog's not going to die. This is a Steven Spielberg movie. Nope, you're wrong. T-Rex ate that dog and I cried. <laughs> The Nick Lathan story. And that dog was not credited in that movie. Every movie I watch, that has a dog in it. I watch the credits to see if that dog has a credit. <laughs> that dog did not get a credit. <laughs> this is a sad, sad look into your life, Nick. I'm sorry. Is there an IMDb for dogs? I hope. They're, Actually, there be. The D stands for in data. We need dogs. to start that. If not, dog, 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 movie, real, I will go in on this. With like the like the dog that played Beethoven. Like that yeah. dog has been in well, other things. We yeah. just don't know what he's been in. It's tough though because in like every movie, it's like with Beethoven as himself. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's really like eight dogs. Right. That yeah. all grew up and got too old. And real quick, I think I talked about this in another episode, but the. Uh, the, the villain in Beethoven gets murdered. Really? Yeah, a bunch of syringes go into his body. Like, the kids drive the station wagon into this place, and it hits a, a tray, and all of the syringes fly off it, go into his chest, and he just falls back, and then they save Beethoven. Everybody's like, yay, Beethoven's back. Not the fact that these children murdered this guy. Well, maybe the syringes are full of um, youth serum, and they actually made him <laughs> better. Maybe. Maybe. It's in the sequel. There's no way in the second. Uh, do we think they're telling the truth uh, about whatever it was I said? Uh, no. Oh, dogs. That's right. The dog no. waiters. Okay. No, no, absolutely no. not. Okay. What, what were, uh, what were these, uh, the, the jobs then? They were the first ever brand ambassadors. Brand ambassadors? Why were they let go? Um, because they were too ahead of the times. <laughs> I see. For a place where you can eat clouds? <laughs> <laughs> like, you can literally eat clouds out of Lenny. <laughs> Uh, damn, First dude. of all, eating a cloud, that's cotton candy. <laughs> yeah, that's more of like string sugar, an actual cloud. <laughs> I've, been there, I've eaten a balloon made of candy. It was Come on. Wild. I've eaten a balloon. There yeah. you go. Who says it eating a balloon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fool me three times, you know. <laughs> no, they were food tasters. Oh. So in 2007, uh, the owner was diagnosed with cancer of the mouth and lymph nodes, but luckily his treatment worked better than anticipated, and he was cancer-free a few months later. Wow. But unfortunately, the chemotherapy left him with no sense of taste. Oh, no. Yeah, so we hired two other chefs to taste the dishes to make sure we were still serving edible food at $300 a plate. That's a wow. great movie. Wait, $300? Wait, so why were they fired? Uh, because his, uh, his sense of taste got back. <laughs> He's like, guys, guess what? Good news. You're fired. <laughs> yeah. All right. This is the last question, and it's for No Malone 2, Lost in Gnome York. Joe Pesci holds the all-time record for most curse words in the tiniest package. Mm-hmm. He's an angry little man, a, su- a surprisingly <laughs> successful singer, and a powerhouse actor nominated for two Oscars and winning for Best Supporting Actor uh, in 1991 for Goodfellas. His acceptance speech was just, it's my privilege, thank you, which is the second shortest Oscar acceptance speech of all time. 
who had the shortest Oscar acceptance speech of all time, and what did they say? Short people got no reason. Why are you gonna disrespect Short him like this? Gnome alone to who had the shortest acceptance speech at the Oscars, and what did they say? Uh, can you please be more specific which Oscars? Because it happens every year. <laughs> you want me to tell you the year that it happened? Yes. Well, the shortest one didn't. It happened in one year. Well, every year, technically, legally, there's a shortest one, I suppose. <laughs> yep. Okay. This history? is the shortest in Oscar history. Which happened in the year? It was actually the, it was when they had the silent Oscars, it was the and they said Oscar. nothing. It was before we had the technology for sound at the Oscars. <laughs> yes, right. Uh, anyway, your answer is... <laughs> 68, 67, who are we talking about? You might notice that we're all being so quiet. Yeah, you're being very um, quiet, very coy. That's actually um, uh, metaphorically resonant. Um, as, oh, is that right? It's metaphorically yeah, resonant? Mm-hmm. The silence Wasn't that the Smith's a, best-selling album? Who? Yep. Yeah, okay. yeah, right. <laughs> See, if you watch Beethoven and you think, man, I wish this dog was drawn, you're insane. <laughs> okay, no more stalling. I wish this animated villain would get murdered by syringes. <laughs> I'm going to give you one more chance to give me an answer. The... How do you feel about who framed Roger Rabbit now? <laughs> that's a good question. I'll postpone Ooh. your answer. Ooh. Or Wait, Tron. Or Space Jam. Now, now, Judge Doom, spoiler alert, when he gets murdered, <laughs> he looks like a person, but he's just a cartoon wearing a rubber suit. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's the fact that he looks like a person. It's not as bad. It you was... Know what I mean? uh, okay, I have... Yeah. Oh, do you... Do we can't... No. <laughs> you or say? Mary Poppins. No, okay, Elizabeth the answer Poitier. is uh, Sidney Poitier. Actually. Sidney Poitier. And what yeah. was his speech? Or what was his acceptance speech? 68. Thanks. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's hard to get shorter than that. It honestly. would be harder to get shorter than that. You're right. How do you how do you beat that? They, they Let tr- me know. Well, then I gotta ask. In 1968, which movie did he win the Oscar for? To Kill a Mockingbird. Cool, cool. Thought you had me there. Well, I mean, I, I, I do know that, but like in 68, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> if only we had an internet dog database. Yeah, look it up. Because I'm sure there's a dog in that movie. There's got to be somewhere, yeah. Oh, I mean, and let's see if he's got a credit. He might be uncredited in parentheses. The main character's name is Scout. That's probably a dog, right? I'm sure. All right. Do we think tell the truth was a Sidney Poitier? And did he say thanks? Uh, it was not Sidney Poitier. No. And he did not say thanks. <laughs> Very rude. He said, fuck off. <laughs> so I he deserved said, this. Yeah. Well, to be fair, he more than likely just said, finally, and then walked away. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but no, it wasn't him. Okay, who um, was it, though? You know, uh, there's a lot of great actors. Uh, <laughs> True. And we're going to just list them <laughs> all I'm just going to rattle 150 of them off. You know, uh, 1968. Bulbasaur. I've been <laughs> 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 Jinx, Nittery, <laughs> Squirtle, Chansey. Yeah. By the way, was anybody weirded out that Jigglypuff looked the way she did in the Pokemon movie? <laughs> no, I wasn't. I, I, Wait, the look, new one? The, Pik- the, the Pikachu, Pikachu one? one? In the movie, I, I was I, like, yeah, that's what I'm used to not, looking like. Yeah, I was not, not expecting that. the hair. Wait, Spencer, I, was, I have a question for you. Yes? What year did The Wizard of Oz come out? Oh, probably 1939. 39? There's a dog in that movie. Did we have look Technicolor in 39? I don't know if it was specifically Technicolor, but we did have color. Mm. It, was, it was Technicolor. We don't know the actor, but we know that this person said, thank you. Give me anybody's name. Can I change the answer? Yes. Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd, thank you. Judy Garland. Dan Aykroyd, uh, seven years before he ever got any amount of fame. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. 
Well, that's, he used the power of his crystal skull. Oh, I see. He drank a lot of vodka and, yeah. and <laughs> I thought he was at the Oscars. It was a very slurry, thank you. Uh, Justin, what was, you want to change your answer? Uh, James Dean, he was alive, right? Not even close, I don't think. Uh, Julie Andrews said, suck it, Audrey Hepburn. And then she jumped on a skateboard. <laughs> no, it was actually Alfred Hitchcock. Oh. He said, no, no, and I laughed too early. He said, birds. <laughs> he just yelled the word birds. No, he, uh, he, did, he, just, he just leaned in and just said, thank you. And that's it, that's all he did. Thank you. That sounds like some shit he'd do. <laughs> All right, we've come to the end of the game, and I've got some point totals here. Um, Wait, can I get one more? One more point? Sure. Thank you. (laughs) Can I get one for the room? Yeah, you sure can. I give point totals out in increments of like fives and tens, so one's really going to help either of you. And can Can I I take five to go? So they won't count towards this, but But next time you're on the show, you'll get a five. Okay. And can I get some points for my new startup in which I'm starting an internet dog database (laughs) in which we find out the, the, you know, it's IMDb, but for dogs. That's that's a good pitch. Can I be a partner in this? Uh, it depends on how many points we okay, get. Okay, well, we'll discuss right. this off air, sharks. Uh, but let's let's have, do we want to find out whether gifts are first and then say who won them, or how do we want to do this, Nick? Let's say who won them. All right, they get excited and then they immediately get. That's not true. Excited. So here's the uh, coming in last. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> A real roller coaster of, uh, of emotions. Coming in last place is Connor, the writer, uh, with oh, negative 20 God. points. <laughs> what a loser. Uh, I do want to thank Connor for um, helping put the show together uh, every single week. He um, is truly a good writer, except this week he did a bad job. Um, <laughs> did, he, did he put it in like Google Translate, then translate to another language? <laughs> yeah, he translated it into it German, and then translated it back to he English. He thought he knew Spanish, and he thought he could write them in Spanish. <laughs> and them back. Uh, That's what it is. After that uh, was myself with 45 points. Nice. Uh, nice. Uh, thank you very much. Really uh, Spencer, your girlfriend, Wolf, Wolf. Uh, finishing him with 61 points. Ooh. And Noma 1 2 lost in Nome York. You left with 71 points, which means you would have won if it wasn't for Rich in the Booth, who has ended the game with 120 points. I mean, what? Erica. Nice. Erica is our big winner for tonight. So, Erica, let's, let's find out what you won. We did uh, it, Erica. Nice job, Erica. Alright, I, I wrapped it up in everything in this little what? nice little that bag. Is, you did. That's a nice bag. A lot of Tis effort. the season. For what I'm assuming is just going to be what? some VHSs. What's Wait, going you, on? You, are, you wrapped it and you're going to open it yourself? Do you want to come up on stage and open <laughs> yeah. this? Alright, Erica's going to come, come on stage. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Yeah. 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 Alright, Nick's going to take his microphone out of the stand and he's going he's gonna to talk to you. Everyone give it up for Erica. Yeah. Our winner tonight. Also, just so you know, this does not happen every week, so if you come next week thinking there'll be prizes, uh, you're right, there will be prizes. Come back. (laughs) (laughs) Normally it's just cash. It's mostly cash. Usually $100 to $200, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, once you you open this. I don't even know what it is. None of us know what's in that bag. None of us know. A majority of this stuff was just stuff I had around my house. But it looks really nice. Thank you. It looks really nice, Erica says. About to be disappointed. I love Christmas. I love surprises, so it's okay. All right, let's see what the first gift is. It's a lot of wrapping paper. Just so yeah. much paper. Yeah, I, I, that's $3 worth of paper. That's a lot of paper. <laughs> is that one of the Save the paper. Yeah. This is the hospital. <laughs> Save the paper. You can reuse it. All right, first up, we got Gremlins on VHS. <laughs> <laughs> Which is... <laughs> it, well, maybe one of the presents is a VCR. You bet. There's, there's even more. Gremlins is also... <laughs> the next one we have... Wait, real quick. Gremlins is a holiday movie. Too, yes. We batch. have Gremlins 2, the new batch. Okay, nice. very good. I assume Gremlins 2, also a holiday so movie. So Gremlins is a holiday movie. Gremlins 2, new batch. It just takes place in Ted Turner's house or something. Okay, I don't know. sure. Next we have... Batman Returns, another Christmas oh movie. Oh, on VHS. Yes. Oh, okay. on VHS. And then the last and then the last gift. Oh, wait. This is wrapped separately. Yes. That is the best one. So I, went so to, I went out today and bought this. So this is a real gift. 
It is uh, Chevy Chase and Christmas Vacation. Look at that on Blu-ray, so you can actually okay. watch it. What a real dick that guy was. What a real dick. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you very much, Erica. Thank you, everyone, here in the audience. Movie Say night well. at Erica's. Movie night at Erica's. Yeah. All right, everyone, have a good night. Get home safe. Let Sleeping Dogs Lie is recorded in front of a live audience every Wednesday at 7.30, right here in Chicago at the world-famous I.O. Theater. If you'd like to see the show live, go to ioimprov.com and use the code FETCH for half off your ticket price. Let Sleeping Dogs Lie is an arcade audio production. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at LSDL Show. Please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Our show is produced by Spencer Hamilton, Patrick Connolly, and Rich Camelucci. Written by Patrick Connolly, Connor Doyle, Rob Grabowski, Zach Mast, and Mandy Sellers. Hosted by Spencer Hamilton. Our panel this week, Nick Lathan can be heard on the Riverside Falls podcast, right here on Arcade Audio. Terrence Rogers can be seen performing all around Chicago. Peter Williams can be found tweeting as his paranormal alter ego Clay Goodman on Twitter at RealGhostBeef. Elizabeth Del Toro can also be found online at Twitter.com slash SelfieDT. The DT stands for Dump Truck. Justin Swinson hosts the Not That Late Show, which you can catch on the fourth Thursday of every month at 8 p.m. at the Newport Theater in Lakeview. The next two shows are January 23rd and February 27th. And finally, Johnny O'Mara co-hosts the podcast Dilettante Ball, which can also be found right here on Arcade Audio. Let Sleeping Dogs Lie is made possible in part by listeners like you. Check out patreon.com slash arcade audio for more info on how you can help. Thanks for listening to Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, the world's only game show. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.